coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida. Welcome to the Paper Stack Podcast, where we cover current topics in the note industry, give you tactics for your note business, and talk with industry leaders to make you a better note investor. And now, your hosts, Brett Berkey and Rick Allen. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Paper Stack Podcast. I am Brett Berkey, and this is Rick Allen. Sponsored uh, by Coke. Sponsored by Coke. Actually, this is one sponsored by DME still. What are you talking about? I know, I know. DME. <laughs> We're going to be there. It's coming up. Wow, we got, what, two weeks? Yeah. The 10th it? and 11th? Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be cool. If you haven't yet got your ticket, I mean... Every you, better hurry. <laughs> you better hurry. You better hurry and get your ticket, um, and you better book the room. Yeah. Because it's at the Hilton St. Pete. It's going to be nice. It's going to be nice. The yeah. weather's kind of shaping up to look good, I mean, at least... Now around here, I mean, I like to be outside during the day mm-hmm. when I get home. But um, so today's topic is something that's uh, on the top of a lot of people's mind. And it's something that makes a lot of sense in terms of how fit inflation actually affects your note business. And when you're collecting you know, payments, how does it affect your yields? What, 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 as a note investor, what do you have to, why is it important? What are the strategies for it? How do you mitigate any things? Can you work around it to kind of go against it? Because I mean, I'm talking to my brother who's a financial advisor for Fidelity. I'm like, I, I have like a, an account where I just put money to mm-hmm. just stay there to where I'm wanting to do a big purchase. I'm like, look, man, there's, there's a lot of money. I should be earning interest on this. And I was like, but I don't, what can I put it in to at least make something that's super safe? And so he put me into something and it was like at 6%. I'm like, well, I'm still losing. He's like, Bro, he's like, I'm sorry. He's like, this is the highest it's been in 40 years. He's like, you're not going to find something that's going to, if you want something safe, that's going to beat current inflation. So I'm like, well, that sucks. You know, like, mm-hmm. so, so like, I'm just like looking at him. So how does that affect everyone's note business? How, do, how does it affect everyone's note business, Rick? That's a good question. Um, it's a topic. I'll start with something that was written by Marco Barrio. He has a, a newsletter, Porch Swing Funding. It was, it's really, you know, a really good um, publication. Just it's free. Get on there and yep. listen to it. He puts out some good content. And so just a little shout out there to Marco. But what he kind of talks about is, you know, just a 7% inflation right now. Mm-hmm. And he's and the nature of owning owner finance notes mm-hmm. and how if it's if there's 7% inflation, then year over year, you're starting to lose buying power. Right. Right. Which is which is big. So we'll just use the round numbers that he talks about. It's like, look, if you have a note that's paying a thousand dollars a month and that's what you're collecting, we'll just use it, say that you're collecting a thousand dollars a month mm-hmm. and then your payment is eroded because of seven percent inflation. In five years, if that were to continue, your your thousand dollars would really only be able to buy six hundred and ninety-five dollars. Right? That's crazy. Kind of just think about that. It's it's a huge, it's huge, right? If you're if you know what could what a hundred dollars could buy you at the grocery store one year can buy you ninety-three dollars the next year. And so that you you kind of translate that into the note space if it's a thousand dollar payment. After five years, you can buy $695. If it were to continue in 10 years, be $483. 15 years, $336. And in 20 years, $234. Obviously, we're not looking down the barrel. You know, I don't even have a crystal ball. I can tell you we're not looking down the barrel of, of 20 years of 7% inflation. That just that just doesn't happen. No. But it's one of those things where it's it's a real it's a real issue. So if you have a 30-year note, 
the buying power on that note by the time it matures is just it's getting wiped out. So he suggests doing a couple things. One is is if you're buying or you're originating a loan, f- target that 10 to 15 year note, right? Because you can hedge yourself against the that's smart. Hedge yourself against the 30 year note, the long payoff, mm-hmm. get your money in quicker. And if, if it's a 10-year note, then you'll never see the 20th year of inflation. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Like, with all the notes you've bought, do you ever – are you ever playing the 30-year note game? No, I don't play the 30-year note game. I might originate them for 30, but I can turn around and sell them. That's what I, yeah, so that's what I, the one thing I was kind of curious about. Is like, you know, some people – People do refis. People, I mean, I'm trying to do a refi right now to get the first, like a, the HELOC thing. And so it's like. I do refis. I mean, so you can look at it a couple different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, you can do, there's maybe a, a larger opportunity for a partial. If it's over a 30 year, less less of the principles being paid down. You can sell off more of the interest. I mean, there's there's different ways to skin the cat. You can slice, you know, slice pie different ways. Not one way is right. Not when one way is wrong. Typically, shorter term notes sell sell, right a little easier. But there's there's a different things out there. I think there's another side of the equation to sort of look at when it comes to the owner financed world and what's going on with notes or what's going on with inflation. And that's kind of looking at like, well, how does that affect your borrowers, right? Because I mean. We're seeing just, I'm going to look at, this is a Forbes article right here. It was like 7.5% inflation, mm-hmm. which is which is huge. If you if, if you strip out the, they said the volatile food and energy prices, um, it, it kind of brings a 12-month down to 6%. But, hey, I think the food and the energy is all part of it, right? Well, I mean, those are two important without that. Oh, it's two huge. It's two huge pieces of the of the puzzle. So um, just some of the numbers that, that kind of stuck out to me that we'll look at is um, let's see here. Energy prices are up 27 percent. 27 percent. That's huge. They're 40 percent. The gasoline prices are 40 percent higher than they were a year ago. Yeah, it says something to be able to work from home. You know, it's a kind of a gift, you know, sometimes to be able to not have to do. I know, I know you do a ton of driving. I do a ton of driving. <laughs> so Used cars, they're up 41. The price uh, of used cars it. is up 41%. The price of food is up 7%. The price of shelter costs is up 4.4% over the same period. So what does that all mean? Well, what it means is, is if you have like your, your, there's, there's a bunch of inflation and people can argue why. Personally, I think if you put in trillions and trillions of dollars into the economy, it costs more money to buy the same thing because there's more money available, right? Exactly. That's so people it, are, you know, bullish on crypto yeah, and yeah. hard assets because of that exact reason, you know. But what does that mean for your borrowers? It means it's going to be harder for them to hopefully make the, make the payments, they're going to be a little bit tighter. Because people are getting the pinch, right? So if you if you originated something and you, you kind of push them to their limit mm-hmm. on where they're at, and now there's 7% inflation and the cost of a car is 41% higher and the cost of energy to heat and cool your place is 27% higher and the cost of food is 7% and gas is 27%, I mean, or 40% higher than it was last year. Mm-hmm. 
all of a sudden, that, I mean, that's a lot of inflation and it's coming in from a bunch of different spots. It's not just coming in at the gas pump. It's not just coming in for food. It's coming in for everything. And what that does is that raises, that, that puts the pinch on people. And so you're gonna run into some, you're gonna run into an issue to where not only were people not making their payments necessarily during COVID mm. because of moratoriums, but now to get back on their feet, now there now there's the pinch there. And so as the as the note holder, you're you're looking at the, well, what do I do? Do I lower their payment into a reasonable spot? Because once you lower somebody's payment into a sort of something they can afford and maybe the economy corrects itself. Well, now you're kind of, your, your note's undervalued, right? And what I think you're gonna see is a lot of people are looking at it and saying, well, I'm just gonna take the house back. Well, why would they, why would they say that? Well, because real estate's up. Real estate values are way up. Yeah. And so now you've got a situation where you have people who potentially own notes who are not necessarily as motivated to work with individuals because they can get the real estate back and it's and they can make a large return on their money by taking back the real estate. Why wouldn't the borrower, if the borrower is actually making payments, just refi and get the cash out? Well, so they do what's called quantitative restricting, which makes it more difficult to get financing. But let's kind of even look at a more basic level is why, why was that borrower owner financed in the first ah, place? Okay, okay. To, what's the reason? Usually, they usually have. They're not bankable. No. They, they couldn't go get a loan elsewhere or else they would have. Right. Now, I, I mean, I've had times when there was a guy who, you know, he had a $40,000 owner financed loan and he just wrote a check and paid it off. Well, he was a, he, he owned a concrete block business laying there's, concrete there's blocks for that. houses. Right. Yeah. And so for him, he's like, I just didn't feel like going to the bank. I knew I was going to fix it up and eventually just pay it off. So it was just easier to go ahead and do the owner financed loan at 8%. He's like, I really wasn't concerned about it. And he just wrote a check for it. Nice. So th that's that's not the norm though. The norm is the people that are that you have in your property or that you've owner financed a loan to, they couldn't get financing from a bank either because they're not bankable or the bank doesn't want to lend on that house. Mm -hmm. You know, some banks won't lend on, on lower price band assets. It's just, it's not profitable for them. They're just not going to do it. Mm. Regardless of what the new the media tells you that they're, it's just, there's not financing for those lower price band assets. That's interesting. So you um, run into situations where you could have this, you know, this cataclysmic storm of inflation causing people not to be able to make payments, real estate going up. So borrower, so lenders not wanting to work with the borrowers. Wow. And now you're gonna have like, people being foreclosed on. From from what we hear, mm -hmm. there's a huge amount of NPL coming already. Yeah, that was something, there's some conferences. We were at the MBA yesterday, yeah. Yeah. the Mortgage Bankers uh, Association Conference for Servicing. Yeah, it was a, def a default, servicing, default servicing, but you know. Here in Orlando, sunny Orlando. You wanna hear it from the, the, the source, I mean, the servicing companies are the people who are collecting payments or not collecting the payments. So they, they have some inside track on this stuff. And so people we talked to basically said, look, come the fall of this year, mm -hmm. that was 198 billion, 168, 168 billion, billion, just coming, just coming right now. 
It's it's to, well the moratoriums are ending and it, it needs to work its way through the system. Like there's got to be that whole, you know, offloading and all that. And that you know, I was like, well, why is it taking so long? Well, it just takes a long time. And so like it, it'll. So last year there was just for some context, there was about seven hundred and seventy eight billion dollars traded over the whole year, and that was a majority of performing loans, right? So I expect this year and really the next um, twelve months. That we could we could see trading top one trillion, um, get up to a trillion dollars in trades coming through in the secondary market. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's huge opportunity. I, the you know the people I know right now. You know I see people changing gears right now, moving their their funds, getting ready for this fall. Of there's going to be a lot of NPLs available. Yeah, we've already seen it. So I mean we we got some. People giving us assets and saying load them all, and it's like well, you're going to be overloaded, and you're going to it's going to be not a good experience for our users. 1,200, 1,200 NPLs, and all all of them we can sell them all right now. They're pretty hot, but you know it's it's also it's going to take some finesse to get through it because you know we have a lot of users. Oh, we already hit over ten thousand. So oh, yep, hit over ten thousand users. So when someone uploads stuff like that. I mean, I, I'm i on their team because uh, I helped set it up for them, and the inbox looks like a mess. I mean, it's just like, I, it's over, it's overwhelming. And so for one person trying to handle that, I mean, it's it's going to be, it's probably going to be a lot better than what happened, like, in, say, 2008, where there were piles of stacks of papers and stuff trying to work through stuff. Because at least we have a system for people, and that's why we're, you know, developing the enterprise, mm-hmm. is to kind of meet this need that's coming. But it's gonna still be interesting, maybe messy, but interesting. Mm-hmm. So that's you know that's the, uh, the, the whole inflation thing is definitely something that has been on my mind, especially because I'm looking for a car. I was a, I not, I wouldn't say I was uninformed. I, at the time when COVID was going on, I ha- had a car, was making a car payment, and mm-hmm. I was like, you know, Rick loves it because I get to ride with him everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like having a fourth child. <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> he even cleaned my car one day. It was I did. So nice of him. I I drove his car back from the airport because he went hunting. Yeah, right? and so I was like, you know, I'm gonna do Rick a favor, and so I just detailed the crap out of it. And it was a good was, job. Yeah, it was pretty clean. But I you know, got rid of the car during COVID. I was like, you know, the guy's like, you, you don't want to buy another one. I was like, I don't go anywhere. What do I need another car for? I was like, you know, I don't need the, the insurance. He's like, you know, it's just, and so I was like, yeah, I'll get one when I you know things kind of get back going again. Went to Google. Oh, I was like, oh my gosh! And the prices. I'm now at the point where I'm like, it's only going to get worse. I'm, I, I have to bite the bullet. Okay, I'm going to have to pay forty percent over. I don't want to. I was trying to be, you know, cheap and find a good deal. And I'm like, you know, this is this is a seller's market. I'm going to have to just take it. So, which sucks. But how many other people are going through those same situations? And then, yeah, as things get going and keep going. I mean, how bad can it get? You know, so that's the, that's the scary part for me. It can get bad. And so you, you look at that, there's overall 7% inflation. Like the wages are not keeping up. Wages are not keeping up, no. So you're just, you know, I, it's curious when you start, if you start thinking about like, who does this really affect when there's the inflation? It's just, it's widening the gap. Yeah, which is very sad. It does. It widens the gap because at the end of the day, there's some times when you just don't even look at the price that you're paying for gas. You notice it, but you're like, whatever. The difference of costing 15 or $20 more to some people is, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But to, you know, 
the person that's only got, you know, the $10 to put in their gas tank. Well, yeah, that's huge. When it's like, look, I've got $10 and now my $10 is getting me, you know. Two gallons. Yeah, it's not getting you much. So, you know. I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot to kind of digest there, but it is. It's one of those things where you know, inflation is a real thing. So it's going to affect your note business. The question is, what can you do to work around it? To work around it, what can you do to capitalize on it? Because at the end of the day, as sad as it is, whenever there's when there's blood in the streets, there's huge opportunity. That's when the money's made, right? You go look at. Anybody who was making the real, like, like huge, huge capital, capital gains on over the past, you know, we'll say decade. Look at like invitation homes, people who were, who were getting their money at 2% or 1% or whatever and buying these, these rentals and just sat on them. Well, I mean, the obvious one is the fourth arm of the government pretty much is BlackRock. I mean, they're, they're buying up everything mm-hmm. and they're going to turn everything into rentals, not allowing people to have home ownership. I think it's terrible what they're doing, but yeah, that's my personal opinion. I think, you know, they're going to keep people as renters forever. And it's like, you know, that's bad. But they they came in at the time when everything was distressed. So cheap. And, and they mm-hmm. just bought everything up. So what can you do? Right? What can you do with that? So, well, you got to look at it and find out where's your oper- where are the opportunities going to lie. There's going to be huge opportunities, right, in the non-performing space. Right. I think that'll be a huge opportunity for people to deploy capital into buying non-performing loans and either taking them, turning them into REOs. And I think what you're probably going to see is people keeping those REOs. More and more people are going to keep those REOs, figure out how to recapitalize them, Mm-hmm. Recapitalize their 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 account and try to hold those REOs. Well, I mean, if you're holding the REO, you're not making any money while you're holding the REO. No, but if you turn them into rentals or you turn them into things things like that and start focusing on your cash flow, I think you could potentially see people making that play and trying to run a similar play as to what the Black Rocks were doing and stuff like that. Recapitalization is going to be a huge factor if you've got a, a large portfolio of performing loans, selling partials to recapitalize, to start acquiring some of the non-performing loans is gonna be a big play that people are gonna to wanna to do. That's Yeah, that's actually very interesting because they might not, their, all their capital could be deployed at this moment and they might not have it. If you don't have capital and you've got a large portfolio of performing loans, kind of figuring out how am I gonna get more capital to take advantage of the non-performing loans? By selling partials. By selling partials. The good thing is, is we have a list of people who over the years we've been doing this have asked, hey, do you guys have partials? Do you have mm-hmm. partials? Because we were gonna, do partials, and then we didn't. So it's still a, a nice size list of people that are interested in partials. So if you, as a note seller, are listening to this and want to recapitalize, just reach out to me. And you know the the way it's done on the site is a little bit different. You know we we've done it, and it, they get to the part where you have to use the fee method. So they get to the fee method, and then we kind of let you guys go on your own merry way and do the because that that's the part that mm-hmm. has to go offline because it's just so particular and whatever right but we have that list and so if you are looking for that we can help out yeah so huge opportunity huge opportunities there well we'll see what happens i mean it's you know currently february 2022 it was just the tuesday of two february 22nd oh two yeah that was kind of weird that was oh two 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 zero two two yeah yeah that's never gonna happen again it was a tuesday it was a tuesday it was just weird my kids were they jumped in the car and they were just ready to tell me this when they got home from school yeah that's how i heard it and i I had noticed it when i was doing the date i'm like huh 
It's a lot of twos. Right. And, but then they got in the car and they told me, so that was really good. So. Yeah, that's cool. So that's what we're at about that part. We're in that next Thursday right afterwards, so the 24th. So we'll see what happens. Uh, we'd actually like to hear what you guys think. We're not experts on inflation. Yeah, leave a so. comment below. Definitely let's open up a lot, some some dialogue. conversations, some dialogue. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on on the inflation. What is it going to do to your no business? What is What are the opportunities mm-hmm. coming down there? Do you think we're full of crap and don't know what we're talking about? That could Let's be hope so, because if it, you know, I'd, I'd like it to stay either here or go backwards. You know, that'd be nice. I mean, I wouldn't want it to stay here, but I no more is what I'm wanting. Don't go higher. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's 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 something that's there. So I don't know. We'll see. If you're not subscribed, please subscribe. Click that button. Yeah, we had a contest which which we were going to get to first. And user and base or YouTube, YouTube subscriber. YouTube subscribers. I was I have my money close, on YouTube subscribers. We're and close. But we had a we did do a new integration with Note School that you know they're onboarding some of their their students to our platform to buy and sell loans. So it's going to be a good thing. So that thing kind of pushed up the the user base, the user registration to, to cross a ten thousand mark. Was, it was close. It was really really. I, we were in a. I thought it was a pretty good. Yeah, this is nine 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 hundred eighty four five. I don't know. I yeah, I mean. Looked. I was really pushing for it. I, you know, I, I almost wanted to hit the button on advertise to push for subscriptions, but can't buy it. <laughs> Which doesn't make sense because we buy users. I know. It was just one of those weird things, yeah. but that's it. But yeah, we'll talk to you in the next one. So see you on the internet.